Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dear Future Children. I'm Connor. And I'm Jocelyn. And this is our weekly podcast where we tell our children everything we can't tell our younger selves. Because trust me, we could have used it. Hello, everybody. It has been a minute. It's been roughly a minute. We have been very distracted with work and moving and travel and jobs. I mentioned work slash jobs. In case you can't tell, working and jobs have taken up a good amount of our time. <laughs> but we miss you, and we are coming to you today with a topic that's a little bit spicier. So maybe belies the dear future children thing, although I guess it depends on how old they are. That's true. But I mean, this is advice for, for all above a certain age. I like to think that our children will eventually be sexually active. I hope we're not having like virginal nerds. We'll just trade them in if that's the case. We're going to have how, to. Co- <laughs> that's how it works with kids, right? It's like, yeah, this one, yeah. I don't know. Okay, so we were watching this borderline terrible rom-com from what the early 2000s early 2000s i believe yeah it was the age of we have internet but myspace is edgy and we're gonna make lots of comments about it he's just not that into you i guess watch it if you're feeling nostalgic and there's this storyline about cheating which i'm not gonna give away if you actually want to watch this movie but the bottom line is it was a situation where The guy, like, ramped up to having an affair on his wife. And it got us talking about, like, okay, so I feel like you and I just kind of have the same intuitive sense of what is and isn't appropriate. um, That we, almost to a degree where we haven't really needed to talk about it. But, I don't know, how would you put our boundaries around that? Well, yeah, so as it relates to the movie and what got us talking about this was basically just saying don't put yourself in that position um that if you're around someone who you find attractive you know whether or not you think they're attracted to you um just kind of you know don't tempt fate you know some what are the numbers a very high percentage of 58 percent of people in relationships somebody in that relationship has cheated Which is just so wild to me, and I say this all the time. We live in the golden age of multiple sex partners. There is birth control. There is social acceptance of that, largely. You can be polyamorous. You can be a hoe. You can do whatever you want. Do not mean hoe derisively. Good for you. Have fun. Have your open relationship. So for me, and that space like I don't get why you would cheat at this point we live in an age where you can literally just go to your partner and be like hey what if we opened up our relationship you can do that now yeah when I think it gets to I don't know like the 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 thrill of it the fear of getting caught now we're getting like maybe a bit off topic here but um I would say that might be part of it because I don't know what the answer is because just like you said I think if you if you don't want to be in a monogamous relationship, there are a lot of options out there for you. Um, but if you do, then you should try and be monogamous. But or unfortunately, you know, 58%, 58% of people, or at least one of the people in that relationship is not doing that. And so then it gets to the question of how is that happening? You know, not all these are just 
oh, you know, wild night at the work party and, you know, had one too many and made a mistake. A lot of them are the situation like we were talking about where you just kind of make an excuse to be spending time with this person and make another excuse to be spending time with this person. And maybe you are lying to yourself, deluding yourself, don't really realize, but circling back to our boundaries is, you know, having an awareness that just because you're in a monogamous relationship with someone you love, like, there are other attractive people in the world. So be aware of that and just don't put yourself in a situation where and I think I think that's where we both get, and I think this is why we maybe haven't been as open with this before, because it sounds so conservative and so like Mike Pence and mother and yeah. so like old world to be like, yeah, man, I just don't, I don't hang out with any attractive people <laughs> ever, but hear me out. It's actually not. It's actually very progressive because we're sex positive people. Well, I guess I should just speak for myself. I am a sex positive person. I'm pretty positive. I'm sex positive. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to I'm going to keep my thoughts to myself on that. Connor is way more sexually conservative than I am, but I digress. And so for me, I actually think it's a beautiful thing that sexuality is kind of everywhere in the world. I don't think that's like a problem, right? And that is that is where I think monogamous couples in this age of transcendental love and eternal expectations run into trouble. Like, oh, because I'm madly in love with my partner, I would never do that. When, okay, you know what smart, responsible people admit to themselves? You don't know what you would do or not do in in the right situation, right? So Connor and I, and I can say this with confidence because we've been telling each other everything since we were 18 years old. have never cheated and we've both been given ample opportunity and ample justification like we both have been in a lot of situations where it would have been easy to justify being like oh no like it wasn't cheating like they were doing this or we were on a break we are just like very monogamous people season three ross energy (laughs) literally though literally and we just have never done it and i think it actually comes back to Not that we're like superhuman people, but that we're people that just have a really honest awareness of do not put yourself in situations that are going to get out of control, which doesn't mean you can't have friends that you find physically attractive or sexually attractive, but like maybe don't be alone with that friend at three in the morning or, you know, I'm not trying to interrupt you. What were you going to say? No, yeah, that's, I mean, I was (laughs) going to say another thing that we have talked about a lot is hanging out with exes and it's just kind of like anyone who i have that history with once that line has been crossed you know to get sort of you know the neural pathways have been forged and so to step back on that so once you're hanging out one-on-one privately eventually one thing probably will lead to another you know every movie every show where someone cheats yes. people are like i'm not a cheater i'm not a cheater i've never met anyone who says i'm a cheater but i've met a lot of people who have cheated damn I, <laughs> So, you know, <laughs> nobody's so not nobody there. I'm sure there's someone out there, right? But uh, for all intents and purposes, nobody sets out to be a cheater or, you know, proudly identifies as a cheater. But it is still something that happens a lot. Well, and it just gets to me. I think people would hear us maybe like, you know, especially of a more conservative bent our perspective that like, yeah, I think we both just really agree that if you're around someone 
that you could find attractive and they could find you attractive and there's like a lot of alcohol and this happens enough times look eventually something will happen like it just will and a lot of people don't want to admit that because in this country we have an obsessively puritanical perspective on like I make personal choices Every day I get up a rational actor and decide to do this or that. But human behavior research and human development, psychology, neuroscience say it's kind of the opposite. We respond to our surroundings. We respond to social cues. We respond to our childhoods, our traumas, our triggers. So why, and this gets back to the movie, this guy keeps like hanging out with this woman, going out with this woman. It's like, If you know there's sexual tension there, like, you can still be that person's friend, right? Because this is where it gets to, like, not becoming Mike Pence. Yeah. You can still hang out with that person in a group setting or in a well-lit lunch capacity. I don't know. But he keeps hanging out with her. He goes swimming in the dark with her. It's a little bit weird. And it's kind of like the decision then becomes to put yourself in those situations over and over again more than the cheating itself and that I think is where we don't worry about our relationship because we're just not people that are going to do that and this was the realization for me not even like in a marriage just in general like if you don't want to sleep with someone who clearly wants to sleep with you why would you spend tons of alone time with them that's just asking for trouble yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, I had something to say, and then I forgot what I was going to say. Um, but I mean, yeah, just in the movie, you know, they're, you know, they hang out in basically a, a work capacity, and that's okay, but you can tell that he's kind of trying to make excuses and make excuses. Um, and again, I think that's the most important thing, is even if you're not in a relationship, if there's someone who for whatever reason, because again, this is like with a sex positivity, like if you want to have sex, do it, obviously. But if it's someone that for whatever reason you don't want to have sex with, even though there is that attraction, that energy there, that feeling that maybe it will, um, then yeah, just like avoid the situations where like you're spending one-on-one time with them because then, you know, like you said, yeah, mistakes happen. (laughs) Well, and not even, so this kind of brings me back to my well both of our hatred of hyper conservative purity culture and understanding of sex as an act that you have rational control of because sex isn't really an act especially when you talk about like queer sex versus you know penetrative heterosexual sex like sex is a sex isn't an act it's an energy it's a vibe it's a bond between two people. So if you're starting to play weird games with yourself, like, oh, like, no, no, see, like, nothing was going to happen. And then, oh, like, I just started and then it happened. Oh, no. You're already thinking about sex the wrong way. Sex is a connection between two people. As one of my uh, college professors once told me, sex starts in the morning when a man makes his wife coffee. And I I was like 20, so I didn't get it. I think I'd lost my virginity like six months ago. But now that I am old and semi-married, like, yeah, I get that. It's true. Sex is a connection between two people. In fact, 
I wasn't going to take it in this direction, but I think that is the biggest thing you and I have learned about sex from our relationship. It's like, yeah, I don't feel like sex happens when we're actually happening. It It's also about everything that happens around it. It's flirting. It's, you know, making eye contact with someone in a certain way. And so when you think about cheating and what cheating is, it's not just the moment somebody has intercourse with another person. No, it's when you start to regularly pursue that energy with another person that's not your spouse. Yeah, because I mean, we talk about that, that, you know, the context of this movie, it's like, what would hurt more? It's like, oh, the accidental, you know, one night stand with a stranger or this, where it's like, I'm going out of my way to spend time with this person who I'm I clearly find attractive and we're spending all this time together. No, because then I am consciously choosing to pursue that energy, consciously spending time in that energy. And it's like, even if not a bunch happened, that might actually be more indicative of some issue or problem that needs to be resolved if I were to be like seeking out that from another. And I think that's like the actual problem is that I think most people feel... Well, there's a gender breakdown here. I think most women would agree with what you said, but like men get like really caught up on the intercourse, the penetration, like that is cheating where, you know, and I think that's where people get it twisted and messed up and they do weirdly become very like hypervigilant when the best way to guard against cheating is to invest in your own, not just your own relationship. But you're the sexual side of your relationship. And this brings it back to Esther Perel. If anyone has not heard of her, watch her TED Talk. Although I feel like she's one of those people everyone's heard of now, I hope. But her big thing is that everybody in modern life, but Americans especially, are so bad at investing in their erotic life. And she makes a distinct and bold claim that I love and agree with that not only is your sex life not the same thing as your relationship, they're kind of opposite in a lot of ways, right? Because when you think about what makes you feel nurtured and cared for, it's probably not the same set of behaviors that turn you on. So like, you know, like your husband doing the taxes or taking care of your shared domestic responsibilities, that probably makes you feel loved. It might turn you on. It probably doesn't. And that's where we get this like, oh, women love bad boys, men love crazy women. That's not true. What is true is that a lot of those people are in relationships with people who make them feel safe and cuddly and heard and validated, but are not investing in the erotic part of the relationship. Yeah, and I think that's too, when it gets to what is very common is sort of the Madonna whore complex because it's like that those can can become the two sides of the relationship if you don't invest in it so if you're only getting this nurturing just you know home making type energy from your partner or whatever it is if that's all you're doing together is just doing the chores and you know then yeah like that's not investing at all in that erotic side so then again when this random person that you have that energy with comes into your life, you're like, oh, <laughs> you know, it's sort of like Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> Next time I run into her at the grocery store, you'll help her career. Uh, now you guys but, have to watch this movie. We're yeah, just like no, maybe you're in it. Semi spoilers, <laughs> semi teasers. 
they might be sponsoring us. We're looking out for that. ScarJo, um, we love you. <laughs> at ScarJo. Um, she is great in the movie, though. And she's also very good looking. Um, like, I get it. Yeah, it's so fine. It's like if you're not investing in that side of your relationship, and also, you, and that's the only thing, you might not even realize that that's a sexual energy. They're just kind of a, a drawn to this, an enjoyment of their company, which also gets to. You know what I'm saying? The beginning was like, if you're so enmeshed in the purity life, then you don't see what that is, and you can't understand the importance of having that in your relationship. And so therefore, if you don't even understand how important it is to have that in your relationship, how can you know that just like communication, just like how you are breaking up the chores in the household, who is the one doing the taxes? How do finances work between you as a couple, as a unit? Um, your sexual energy with each other is something that you need to work on together. Something that you need to invest time and energy into. Because just like, you know, if I start working out in six months, I'm going to have gained some weight. And then, again, just like working out, once you're six months away from having done anything in that department, it's a lot harder to get back to where you were six months ago. Yes. As opposed to just, like, being aware that it's something you need to do and putting in that little bit every day. Um, and that's, I think, where we get really... Because we were both raised around some heavy religious energy. And it's very upsetting because the reality is erotic energy, sexual energy, that is what... Whether you're monogamous, polyamorous, whatever, if you're a sexual person, sex is an important part of your romantic life. And it's about being able to engage with your partner erotically, which, by the way, and this is an issue I have with some of the sex positive people on the Internet, is not just about like this sterile communication of like, hello, sexual partner. I would like you to do the following things to me in a sexual capacity. Like, no, like that's not what it's about. It's an energy. It's flirting. It's more art than science because, you know, we talk about like sexual needs a lot in this culture, right? Without understanding that the greatest sexual need of all is desire and eros and the need to want someone and be wanted by someone, which isn't about like specific positions or toys or outfits. And again, really plugging Esther Perel hard here because that's her point. She's like, Americans are so steeped in purity culture, they're trying to fix the problems in their sex life with like a scientific equation. Like, okay, partner, I have put the children to bed. Here is this fun new outfit I have adorned myself with. Like, what? No. I mean, maybe if it works, go for it. But this gets back to the cheating thing, right? If we accept that over 50% of people are cheating on someone that they pledged to be monogamous to and probably wanted to be monogamous with at some point and and I just learned this researching it for this podcast apparently 20% of couples are in sexless marriages sexless that means entirely devoid of sex I'm not talking like once or twice a month no no sexless means they have not had sex at all in the past six months to a year then we have to accept that all this, you know, feel bad about your body, feel bad about your desires. It's not just something that has trickled into our adult relationships. It's something that's ruining them. It's ruining people's connections with their partner because they think, oh, we communicate well, we hang out, we respect each other. It's all Netflix and no chill because here's the deal. 
<laughs> you know I'm right. Why are you laughing? That is just true. It's <laughs> a funny phrase. It's funny. It's going to be our wedding hashtag. No, wait, like the opposite. Yeah, it's, like, it's definitely Netflix. not going to be our, our wedding hashtag. <laughs> Actually, there's no Netflix involved. What am I? What am, we're very active it's people. It's just all... All chill. All chill. No Netflix, all chill. Euphemistic chill. <laughs> no clear. one explained this to our parents. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> sorry, I was so off topic. Stop making me laugh. It's just part of our energy, babe. <laughs> and I think it. I actually really love what you said about working out, though, because it's so true. Look, erotic energy and an investment in your erotic relationship isn't like other tasks, right? It's not something you accomplish in a linear way. But it is like other tasks in the sense that you have to give it space and attention. And yeah, like if you just eat nothing but fast food and don't work out for five months, it's going to be more difficult to get back on track than if you, you know, maybe had a wild weekend like we do. We drink too much and order a lot of Chinese food. Yeah, so like, that is our go-to. That is a thing we do a lot. Oh. <laughs> but, like, then, you know, we work out Monday. It's largely fine, right? Yeah. As opposed to, like, if we did that every day, it would probably be more of a problem. Yeah, and I think that gets to, you know, I, you know, with, you know, the eating and working out comparison, you know, in your relationship... And it's funny because this applies not just to the sexual energy, but also, like you said, it starts with making coffee in the morning. Um, and that's why it is It is a lot of those other things that come into play. The ability to communicate, the ability to just, like, actually be present with each other um, <clears throat> leads to the ability to understand, you know, your partner's energy, what they do and don't like. Maybe it is put on that outfit um, and... But maybe it isn't, you know, maybe it's a different outfit. Maybe it's no outfit at all. Maybe it's just whatever. Everyone has their different thing. But I think it's that every relationship, every different connection has its own life. Sounds a little too corny, but um, I think it's true. Um, And I think understanding that is what's important and investing the time and energy into understanding that. And I say that because, you know, it's ever-evolving, ever-changing, ever-shifting, just because so are the two of you. Um, And, you know, back to the original point, everyone is going to encounter obstacles. You know, they're always going to be, you know, Jocelyn works in politics, always going to be, you know, famous, successful people who know her, who are just more famous and successful than me. Oh, baby, Until you're I'm super a famous. multi-bajillionaire who rules the world, of course. As a socialist, that's As a goal. So, like, in a very socialist <laughs> way, to be clear. I would never want, like, actual power. Just um, power enough to, you know, vanquish the... the <laughs> just to take Bezos and Elon Musk's money and redistribute it. Fairly. Anyway, we're getting way off topic. Um, Our next episode, how <laughs> to get hold of Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos' wealth. I feel like if we knew that, we maybe wouldn't be doing this with our time. <laughs> Probably not. Or a lot more of you would be listening. <laughs> Thanks, friends. We see all of you. All well, actually, you. and this gets back to the point that I almost forgot to make, but we talked about in preparation for this, which is not only is your partner going to have plenty of opportunities to cheat, and your partner will be tempted to cheat hopefully plenty of times, because the alternative to either of those is somebody a nobody want, which we have both dated those people. And trust me, you do not want to date someone 
that no one wants to steal from you. You just don't because like if you're the only person that wants that person, like there are some other issues going on. And two, this is going to sound weird, but bear with me. So my ex, I'm not saying which one, I knew for a fact he would never cheat on me. And it kind of like weirded me out a little bit at the time. And then, you know, years after the relationship ended, I realized because like, I don't think he's like interested in, I don't think he's, you know, I'm not trying to speculate on his sexuality or anything, but I don't think he's that interested in love or sex, right? So the vibe I was getting like, oh, I can trust him around other women implicitly. That's not really a good thing. Like you want, you want a man or, well, cause I mostly date men, but for me, you want a man and for Connor, a woman who is alive sexually, who is alive romantically, who's desirable. And look, the unfortunate downside of having somebody whose heart and libido are both awake to the world is that, yeah, they're going to be tempted, man. Like, I mean, we, we've only been together for a year and a half, so I don't think we've had any like issues with that, but, but we're very aware of the fact that, you know, Connor works in PR. I work in political media. Of course, I'm going to be at some conference sometime with some hot guy and be like, oh, oh, my kids are at home. But, but no, I'm not doing that. Like, you know, because the alternative is to be somebody whose libido is just like, not there anymore and that is not what you want in a partner no and i think it's important you know and quick tie back to what i was saying earlier that it it, it is important to communicate in this realm you know corner of your relationship not even corner like because it's very central to the relationship to understand where both of you are on that and get to the same place on that and then again see both are pretty high energy people um that's it comes through pretty clearly when you meet us and i think this i think there's no uh it's no coincidence that we both ended up in very like uh, outward facing outward facing communicating like people interpersonal uh jobs roles positions um because we're good with people and i think that another thing we talk about that we haven't really talked about here is that you know all relationships kind of are on the same building blocks all interpersonal relationships all interpersonal connections kind of build up from each other and so when you have that energy as part of kind of your like foundational way of of going through the world that's going to be seen by others and yeah tied into what you said you know you should want someone if that is your level of it you want someone who is also wanted by others because like you said if do you want to be with someone who literally nobody else wants to be with? Right, like um, think about what that person would be like. Okay, we've both dated people like that, and it, you don't you don't want that energy, like because then <laughs> when the inverse happens. Then similarly to those doing the dishes and me cleaning the toilet, you know, somehow not being a a panty dropper. <laughs> um, okay, I want to just want to point out. <laughs> <laughs> the toilet has seen way more ass than you did in your 20s. So. Oh, 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 oh. Ooh. Ouch. I'm sorry. I had to slip uh, that in there. Someone at home, please send some aloe because, wow, that burns. 
Uh, I'm sorry, continue. <laughs> I just got thrown way off base. Anyway, circling back. Circling back. Um, conversely, lack of... That really threw me off. Um, lack of, of, of communicating in that sexual energy way can conversely relate back to the other parts of the relationship that previously yes. may have been good. So these, you know, 20% of sexless marriages, over time that is going to degrade the relationship of those in that couple because you're not having, you're not able to express yourself in that very necessary way. We're all animals, like, and well, we need and to get that out of us. And if you can't have that, it is unifying. It does bring you together. It's important. Um, it's also pretty fun. Um, really? Yeah, I'm a big fan. I thought you were, like, just doing it for me. That's so nice no, to yeah, hear. I mean, I am very selfless. Um, <laughs> slipping the unifying, the unifying lingo, but, yeah. theology of the body. Um, like. Yeah, I mean, hey, man, clock, broken clock and all that. Uh, <laughs> For the, okay, for those of you who don't know, uh, the Catholic Church views sex as a unifying act. It's like, you know, a big thing, which I'm all about that. My criticisms of the Catholic Church come elsewhere, which I'm sure we'll touch on at some point. But yeah, I mean, look, here's the thing. We were founded by a bunch of people who hated sex and pleasure so much they fled Europe to start a pure union. This is something we forget about. But you know who hasn't forgotten about that are the Europeans who, when Connor and I go there, you know, people ask us questions about, like, religious people in America. Because on the other side of the pond, they're a lot more balanced and healthy and integrated with how they view things like sex and divorce and choice and reproductive health and all that. I mean, it depends where you go, right? Europe's a big continent. But Western and Northern Europe certainly And they view us as what we are, a former colony of the UK populated by incredibly religious people at the outside whose thoughts on sex and gender were deeply conservative where, you know, most of us are not descended from the pilgrims. I'm certainly not. But we came to this culture, which is very heteronormative, very much like, you know, sex is for babies and marriage. And then, and this is like the irony that astounds me more and more as I get older and older, how are you going to have a good, passionate, monogamous marriage if you think sex is evil, you can't talk about it, you don't know how to create and generate the passion you need from your partner, those people are most likely to cheat and or be in like super weird sexless marriages. Do y'all remember when like the Falwells were found having orgies at Liberty University? Like, yep. Everyone was shocked. I wasn't because if you create this weird energy around sex where it's evil and bad, how are you supposed to have what I am very proud to say like we have? And I think a big part of the reason we have such an exuberant sexual connection is because we like we were bros. We are bros. Like when we got together, we had already talked to each other about sex for like 12 years and probably 10,000 hours, right? Probably have been about that. Like, graphic detail, okay? Like, we're sharing all our host stories, all our dreams, all our fantasies. So then when you have sex with someone you are that comfortable with, it's just, like, it's so passionate, it's so easy. And getting back to the cheating thing, 
we also, because we're bros, don't have any weird illusion about like, oh my goodness, like when I walked into the room, Connor was like, no woman exists. I just love only her. And then I was enveloped in a sanctifying cloud, you know? And this gets back to like why I think people cheat because they're unrealistic about the fact that like everybody can cheat. Everybody will have the opportunity and a lot of people will. Again, back to half of relationships have had infidelity at some point. Sometimes when I want to upset my boomer relatives, I just state these statistics in monotone because a lot of them are like very conservative religious people. I'm like, which one of you cheated, by the way? I'm just curious. It's very upsetting. It affects the importance of practicing different modes of communication. <laughs> like seriously, though. You know, another thing we talk about, we went to a re- religious university um, and knew some people who had never had any type of sexual experience whatsoever until the day they were married. And then all of a sudden you're supposed to flip that switch. You're supposed to go from this is this evil, taboo, sinful behavior. And then you're married and now it is this fundamental, vital, even according to church teaching, like fundamental, vital, necessary, important, unifying part of your relationship. And you have no idea how to how to do that. Like you have no idea how either individually within yourself to express even to yourself your needs wants and desires so if you don't even have that how can you help to communicate that with your partner and you can that can be overcome you know justin i want to learn some languages together you can start from the bottom together but without the without intentionality to do that it's just not going to happen so it gets the importance of you know and no matter what you know no matter where you are you can always improve just like the communication about anything in any relationship it can always be improved but again as long as you're paying attention to the importance of improving it um and then you have to tie it into the fall wells if your entire life and the you know the cultural water so much of the cultural water we swim in is viewing it as taboo and bad then you get this weird fall wall stuff where then you kind of need to link it to something that is just very taboo and wrong to make it kind of okay to want that in your mind that's so interesting yeah because you and I talk about this a lot about how people people who have like a lot of shame about sex there's a paradox about sex right the more comfortable you wit you are with it the more your fantasies and sex life are probably actually pretty you know I don't want to call our sex life boring at all but like we're not like like crazy people all right, that was shaming. I didn't mean it like that. That wasn't, wasn't meant to be king-shaming. But, like, look, we're two, you know, partnered yeah. people that have relatively normal romantic sex. Like, <laughs> because, you know, like, we a big part of that is if we did want something, like, freakier or whatever, we don't have any shame around that. It's something we would just communicate. We could have an actual dialogue about it. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Versus, like, if you are somebody for whom, and this this is nobody's fault, this is almost always something that happened to people, because, like, you don't develop these ideas about sex in a vacuum. They come from you, from your household or your culture. If you've been told your entire life that to have sexual urges is wrong, then you are going to link sex to things that you also feel ashamed of, like, bringing it back to the topic, cheating. It makes perfect sense to me that people who do not feel comfortable being sexual with their partner will then create an affair 
where they're ashamed of it happening, but because the shame is already there, they can express themselves sexually more. Because it's not this partner where they have to be like, virtuous and like the madonna horse stuff you were talking about earlier yeah because then once exactly once then those inhibitions are already gone because you're already kind of again you're already swimming in a different sea you're already in that water of well i know this is wrong like i am cheating i'm already doing a bad wrong thing and so i can just be fully open in myself and that again bring back to understanding your own sexual energy and being able to communicate that and discuss that and also understanding that just like anything in our life i'm sure there are things i do in my life right now just like things i did 10 years ago there are things i do 10 now that 10 years from now i'll be like oh that's that's what i was into then (laughs) it's going to be growing and changing and maturing um and it's just important to just yeah maintain that line of communication because you need to you need to invest in that well, and it gets back to why I think we're both monogamous. It doesn't... I'm actually really happy the poly movement exists. I'm really happy that if that's what people want and need, it's something they can pursue in a safe way. Like, okay, I'm poly, so I'm going to pursue other people that are poly and open. I'm really excited about that. But for us, I think it's like, look, you're my best friend. And I one thing I really enjoy about our sexual connection is that it allows our relationship to get so much deeper and so much like we learn so much from each other sexually. Right. And you can't do that in a space of deceit. You can't like be having the sexual, the secret sexual relationship with someone. And notice I said sexual relationship. That doesn't mean you're having sex, right? If you are, yo, okay guys, I have a crazy story to share with you. So I actually have a lot of these stories. The number of married men who have hit on me in my 20s and now 30s where then you talk to their wives, right? Because, like, you know, politics is, like, if anything, it's a male-dominated field. But there are lots of just different genders running around. And men will be, like, hardcore, thirsty, flirting. And then you'll meet their wives. And either through things they say explicitly or just, like, the vibe – You can tell they would be shocked. They would be shocked to know that their husband is trying to bang the 23-year-old intern or the 25-year-old whatever my title was at then. I don't even remember. But whatever. The point is, it makes me so sad because it's like, again, in a culture that simultaneously fetishizes monogamy and also doesn't understand it. You have people who they're like, well, I love my partner. Therefore, they must be monogamous to me at all times. When actually, like, if y'all don't have that openness with each other to be real with each other about who you are sexually, the odds are very, very, very high that they are seeking that energy out elsewhere, either through an actual affair or through, like, you know, gray area, flirting, relationships, romantic friendships. And that's something that I think people really need to understand. Because everyone has talked about, not everyone has talked about, but feel that just about everyone has heard about and knows about the concept of emotional cheating. And what that is, is basically what you're talking about. It's, it's You're in that, that energy, you're in that same arena. And yeah, just because you're not, you know, actually having physical intercourse with each other, doesn't mean that you're not 
cheating doesn't mean that you're not having a sexual relationship with that person because what you're doing is tapping into that energy that you have with them that you feel that there's a connection there or whatever or you just feel a sexual energy attraction to them and so you're just hyping that up and you know especially again tying back to the beginning if you're going out of your way to to just spend time with this person it's because of that then yeah then that is in essence cheating and again if you don't have the ability to communicate about that with yourself or with your partner you might not even realize that just flipping back to the beginning of the cycle you, you know you really need to invest in that because you know if it's if it's a, if it's a relationship you've been in for a month maybe that's a sign that it's not a relationship okay you keep pursuing. thank you for saying that like, i totally forgot to say that i'm like as usual we're talking way too much but if you consistently are in a monogamous again i use some severe air quotes there allegedly monogamous relationship where you're flirting with this person and that person and you made out with that person you're trying to bang that person maybe it's a sign you're an underdeveloped immature person or maybe it's a sign y'all are in the wrong relationship one thing i will roast connor about till the day he dies is that there were moments of his 20s and i think i can say this now we're we're old Moments of his, of his 20s. I don't know what you're going to say here. Where, you know, you had feelings of um of a... Of an amorous nature. Of an amorous nature towards me, your best friend. I did. Never told me about it. I, I would have, like, I would have jumped ship from some of those other relationships so fast. You'll have no idea. I would have taken the dog with me. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, like, you know, and at the time, like the good Catholic boy he was, he was just, like, marinating in guilt about it. Just, like, our father, Hail Mary, all that. And it's, like... <laughs> It's like it's, I need another carton of that aloe, <laughs> When like honestly, like we've now that we've been together, like what Connor has said, and I felt the same way about other relationships as well. It's like, okay, maybe my attraction to my longtime roommate and best friend had less to do with like me being a terrible person and more to do with like, yeah, I wasn't in the right relationship because now that we're together I can safely say, for me anyway, I don't have sexual feelings, like, for anyone. In fact, it's kind of the opposite. Like, if I see or I'm interacting with a guy that, like, is hot and interesting and funny, I'll get, like, really awkward and not in a way where I wouldn't be friends with him because I think that's toxic, too. Like, you should you should find a safe way to be friends with people that you find attractive. But just in a way where I'm like, it's almost like my subconscious is like, okay, like, you know, like we don't just like make sure this doesn't get weird. And that I think is where if you do want to be monogamous, which you don't have to, if you do want to be monogamous, there needs to be a part of you that is always protecting your bond with your partner, which means again, back to the whole moral of all of this. Don't put yourself in situations where something will happen that you don't want to happen. Yeah, that's really what it comes down to. And again, I have that awareness of, um, you know, because I think, you know, all of us can probably relate when we are younger. You know, you don't know this person or that person. Uh, you know, remember there was, you know, had a job freshman year. There was, you know, the senior who's like, everyone but me hated. And I was like, I don't know. I really like her. She's fun to talk to. 
And then someone just straight up called me out. They're like, yeah, because you're, you're attracted to her and she flirts with you. I was like, that's not it. It was totally it. It was 100% it. Um, and so, you know, it's also important to have that awareness that, you know. You're you, such a tool. You might not be as perfectly all-knowing about yourself as you would like to yes that's what it is yeah. i think that's what that like subconscious stop gap i was talking about like because like look people think attraction is like your sexual attractions are going to come up to you in your brain and be like hello we're sexually attracted to that person no that's not what happens like it's more like you find yourself like laughing at their jokes a lot and you know and just like all of a sudden you're like wait a minute I feel what what is this? Well, what is, I'm the funniest person in the world, though. So that one's a tough for all. Right? No, of course. Right? Naturally, baby, definitely. But um, you actually, I think you might be like the funniest person I know. When you're on, when you're off, I'm much funnier. So <laughs> just like throwing that out there. But um, balance, ladies and gentlemen, key to balance. any good relationship. But like, yeah, and and this is something, and this gets back to the moral. I think for us, the reason I'm relatively confident neither of us would ever cheat is because we're just like very honest about the fact that we could and that gets back to do not let purity culture lie to y'all i'm in some like religious ladies groups because i am uh me and religion complicated but i i was very catholic at a point in my life and i'm still in some of those groups and some of them will be like this morning i woke up and i found my husband had once again engaged in pornography and I just, I think the marriage is over. And it's like, you know, like, look, I mean, I'm not, like, Connor and I are anti-porn for a lot of reasons. That would also probably be a good conversation to have. It could definitely be another episode. And none of it has to do with purity and all of it has to do with, like, the porn industry and women and anyway. But, like, if you find your husband watching porn and you're that devastated, to me that tells me that you don't actually have an honest understanding of how the human libido works. Because, like, for me, if I was that woman's counselor or coach or friend, I'd be like, okay, well, like, how often are y'all interacting erotically? How often, like, you know, are you guys connecting in that way? And if you are and he has, like, an, you know, some kind of problem with adult content, sure, that's, like, a different thing, right? But, like, knowing the tone of a lot of what these people say on the internet, it's like... I don't get the vibe y'all are actually sexually connecting. So, of course, the husband or wife or whoever is going to be engaging in some other way, whether it's porn or erotica or romantic novels or maybe flirting a little bit too much with the hot neighbor, you know, because we are sexual beings. And if you're not like, first of all, if you're asexual, that's great, but you probably shouldn't be in a sexual marriage. But most of us are sexual beings. Yeah. And it just goes to, again, that self-awareness and then being able to bring that to the table in your relationship. Because, yeah, you know, different strokes for different folks. Like, you know, whatever is your right amount. But, again, it's not all physical. It's the sexual energy. So, you know, whatever that is, just the way you are, the, you know, the energy that someone carries. There you know, times when, you know, you'll see someone and just, you can't even really put your finger on it. It's like, wow, like, it isn't even, like, anything about their looks or their appearances. Like, that's just pers- that person is kind of, like, exudes, like, sexiness. Yeah. Um, and that's a thing that you need to try and bring that into your partnership. And so, even in the times where you're not being physically 
you know, having sex with each other and, you know, whatever level, because again, what does that mean? Um, <clears throat> but just, you know, be together, be caring and, and giving out uh, that energy and be good. We should do like a separate episode just on like what sexual energy actually is, because I think it's a really interesting question philosophically and one that our culture doesn't address honestly like in this culture sex is like ass and titties you know like if you're a woman like I don't know bulging biceps or whatever but that is not like that's not it washboard abs I forgot yeah when like you know I mean what sexual energy is actually has a lot more to do with intimacy and Connor and I've talked about this a lot there are 20s we both have like developed heavily sexual crushes on people that when we first met them did not find them like physically attractive right because sexual energy erotic energy it's a connection between two people and the converse is also true right like there are so many guys I can think of who when I first saw them I was like oh okay and then you get to know them and you're like, oh, that is embarrassing. I can't. <laughs> like- Listen, bar- <laughs> is a crash course in this reality. Because people will walk in and you'll think they're like very physically attractive. And then within five minutes, it's like, you're one of the rudest people I've ever met yes. in my life. Like you were just not attractive to me. No shame. They might be have having a bad day that several hundred of them that I came across. But it really like the, the correlation isn't always there. What it gets to, again, is the, the connection that you have with this person. Well, and again, I think that, you know, maybe like actually, you know what? Maybe the next episode is like why monogamy? Because we do love being monogamous. And a big part of the reason we love being monogamous is because we have our own little sexual universe that's just us. And a big like I love what you said when we were talking about the movie when I asked you, like, kind of goofily, like, oh, who do you think would be more likely to cheat? And you were like, I don't really know. I'm, like, kind of more protective of the relationship, like, as an entity than I am, like, jealous or, like, worried about my own behavior. And I really loved that because that's what it is for me, too. Like, when I meet, again, like, an attractive guy or, like, an attractive woman hits on Connor, which is very frequent, by the way congratulations to all those women on their good taste like you know although like there aren't that many great men out there so maybe i shouldn't blow up your ego but um <laughs> hey some men fit on me too okay don't don't sell them short that's fair i feel like i haven't seen that as much though just like a couple anyway we're getting off topic <laughs> we have talked way too much already but i think it really does come back to do you actually want to be monogamous with your partner and why Because a lot of the people, and, you know, I was telling Connor this before we started, if we accept that, like, almost 60% of people or relationships have someone who's cheated, that means there's a way higher number of people who want to cheat. And that is more, like, what's astounding to me. Like, we have a, a large portion of people in relationships who either have cheated, want to cheat, would cheat. And to me, what that says is that people are not actually taking the time to existentially assess what does my sexual life mean to me? What does my erotic life mean to me? Do I want to have one that is just one person? And if so, why this person? Is this actually who I want to be with? Because again, I know this is kind of non-traditional and a culture that loves to shame cheaters. But for me, I think 
how bad or morally evil an affair is really depends on the context of the relationship. Like, maybe it's not a good relationship. And I'm saying this as someone who's never cheated, so moral high ground five. What? I don't can't believe we were really running a long time, but I don't know how we didn't think of this example yet. Justin introduced me to Grace and Frankie. Quality show. 10 out of 10 recommend. Um, it is a really good show. And so, for those of you who don't know the premise, two married men have an affair with each other. They end up leaving their wives and getting married. And then it's the two wives become, like going through this together, becoming friends. And you sort of realize both the wives realize they didn't have a good relationship with their partner. Yes. Um, and so taking like the complex layers that are added to it, just that, that core thing of if that happened... You know, if there were any type of sexual attraction I had to anyone, I would be able to, like, tell Jocelyn about that. Say, hey, you know, I went to this bar, and the bartender there was cute, so, yeah, I'm not going to go there every Tuesday. Um, But also communicating that with your partner, being open, because it gets to both self-awareness about what you're feeling, what you're thinking, and then being able to talk to your partner about that. Because if you have a strong enough sexual connection, one of us saying, oh, you know, this person was attractive isn't going to be, you know, earth-shattering, debilitating. Well, and that's a, you know, we literally have, like, 60 seconds left, so I'm going to close it out with this. I really do believe that our culture's furious terror over cheating well, at the same time, having a vast majority of people who either are cheating, have cheated, will cheat, tells me that we're not honest about the state of our relationships. Because the reality is... And I strongly believe this, that there there are just so many things that can ruin a relationship. Cheating is one of them. But for me, I think like freezing your your partner out emotionally for long periods of time is as bad as cheating. Battering your partner emotionally, physically, financially is just as bad as cheating. A low energy relationship that does not activate either people's potential and, in fact, stultifies those two people and bad habits and enables them to stay stuck for years. Subtweeting Connor and his ex very hard right now. Like, that is as bad as a relationship with infidelity. Or, now I've got to call out me and my ex, like, we were just, like, crazy together. But, yeah, like, that's not good. And I think it's very telling and a reflection of our culture's obsession with sexual purity, that cheating is a thing people focus on when it's like, okay, but like, is it a good relationship? Is it a relationship where people grow and flourish and have amazing sex and travel and accomplish things and grow healthy, happy, vibrant children? Or is it just a a place where two people are colluding and keeping each other stuck? Amen. Do you have any more thoughts? I think we have like one more minute. Um, I think you said it all pretty well, I mean, because it gets to what I said, you know, I don't know, about two hours ago at the start of this. <laughs> um, you know, that, you know, I said if it's a one month relationship, but, you know, I've definitely known long term relationships that awkwardly it's like, is there any love there? I'm sorry. Um, but so we'll, we'll stick with the <laughs> non awkward talk. Yeah, like the first couple months of a relationship. If you find yourself wanting to wander, then maybe it isn't that you're a cheater. Maybe it's that that's not the person you should be with. Right. Um, and or again, maybe you're Polly, maybe you're whatever. If you, it's just you and that person may not be on the same 
wavelength in terms of compatibility. And so that's something to explore. And again, if you haven't invested your 10,000 hours in learning your own sexual energy and what you need for sexual compatibility, then you might not have that ability to have that communication in your relationship. And just that's what it comes down to is being able to find that and then be aware of the fact that other people may, they may hit a few chords on your keyboard, but you know, Jocelyn's every key for me. Oh, thanks for adding that for me. I was like, damn, is the moral that I got to marry everybody? Oh, (laughs) I did try in my 20s. Like, to be fair. <laughs> so, and on that note, thank you for joining us. And it sounds like we have a lot more to talk yeah, about. So like, until next time, which will not be so long. That's just a lie. Why are you lying to these people? It's just they didn't do anything to you. They tuned in. And we appreciate <laughs> it.